Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Dicker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, I'm so glad that we keep getting some great questions. So what are we, what are we going to discuss today? Got it. So again, just to remind our listeners right up front, 407-900-9305, if you want to give us a question. And here's a question from Martha. I'll let you hear it. Hi, my name is Magda. Um, I teach the third grade or work with the third grade. My content area is language arts. And my question is, how can I increase teamwork and empathy amongst my students virtually? Thank you. So the teamwork and empathy I love, but woo, virtually. So Becky, I'm going to throw that one to you first. <laughs> it's a good question. That is a good question because you're right. The virtual part really does throw a little wrench into it. So I'm going to start with, um, and, and this I probably say all the time, but I would start with looking specifically at principles of service learning. And, and let me explain why. Service learning um, is, it's not, it's not just volunteering. It is uh, identifying a problem in the community and then seeking to solve it. And you go through a whole critical thinking process. So, so service learning projects and finding ways to create service learning projects, I think is, is a great step towards helping people develop empathy. Because when you start to identify a problem, you know, you have to consider all of the layers of it. And there's usually a very human layer. But then we're not like directly saying, oh, feel bad for these people or these people. So let's think about even how that looks online. Long before the pandemic, because I teach at a university and I have all of these students who need opportunities um, to, to do different things with school-age kids, but I need them to be safe and I need them to be geographically you know, accessible. We created actually some online learning, service learning groups. So in those groups, just like any other type of topic, we talked about, hey, what's a problem in our community? You know, and in a school setting, you could say for third graders, you could say, hey, what's a problem in our school right now? And brainstorm with them. Oh, the problem is some kids feel lonely. Oh, the problem is that some kids don't have this. The problem is this. Yeah, these are all great problems. So what's one of them that we as a class could try to solve? And maybe we decide some kids need extra help, but we're not going to do that at our own grade level. We might say, yeah, you know what? I bet there are some kids who are lonely. So, so maybe there's some little kindergarteners who need people to come in and sing with them throughout the day to help lift their spirits. Would that make them feel happier? And, you know, it's a real service learning and that type of approach gives you a real talk aloud and think aloud opportunity with kids. And you can definitely tie all of that into language arts. Because verbal communication, critical thinking, problem solving can be tied to lots of different standards. And as we start having the discussion, then we start writing out a plan and then we got some writing in there. So I would say be very intentional, start with service learning, read a little bit about it so you understand the different layers and then think about how you can engage your students online in authentic discussions. 
Yeah, and I'm going to uh, flip the script for in that same direction, but with a little bit of content and uh, not that you didn't have content, but thinking about even could they be reading to let's go another level like assisted living homes where people are very socially isolated. Are there some retired teachers that they could not only do things for them, but vice versa, could they be reading some books, talking about history, social studies, again, in third grade, there's so many things that kids could be talking about. And then I do think, you know, we both love things like class dojo, trying to, you know, group A, trying to get more dojo points than group B. I, you know, that in a competition is powerful. And yet at the same time, it's community competition, you know, Team A is working together. That's why we know kids are usually really successful when they go to college because they're, if they're parts of sports teams, we find they usually can learn to persevere. So that team approach, something like class dojo, I even like to do online if you can. It's harder to do by yourself because I respect third graders. You can't just turn them loose in an online group by themselves or you may get them talking about their dogs and their cats instead of what you wanted them to. But if you do happen to have a co-teacher or a para, could one group be in cooperative groups in this side and in another group? So again, thinking about more cooperative teaming, like my team's going to try to learn better than Becky's team. And then do remember, if you don't have a second person, you can have an online and an offline group. This team is going to go offline and find three things in their house aligned to the main character of the story. Why this team is going to learn information at the end we're going to switch and then we're going to take a test and the team with the highest score on the test wins the prize for the day. So that means you better really be working hard to bring your team score up because you're trying to learn. So again, that collaborative competitive competition, if you go back to cooperative learning and some of Johnson and Johnson's work, you'll find a lot of that information. And I'd just like to point out, I think that's, I think that's a great suggestion because that does specifically address this idea of teamwork. I would really hope that every single teacher when they when they engage in some a competition like that that they make it a baseline approach in that you determine the baseline for your group before and so that that the, that the award goes to the percentage of gain not necessarily the total points because if i have someone in my group who may be um is not as high performing as i am um i don't I might, I might feel bad about that person's progress if their total points are far lower than the norm. However, if gaining, you know, making a, a, a percentage of progress, you know, instead of just getting one right now, now she's getting five right, that's a huge percentage gain and that's gonna help our team. So I do, I do hope that anything that we're doing in teams that we think about that idea of, of percentage of gain over total points in almost every activity. Um, and, I, and I wanted to circle back, Lisa, because you mentioned um, this idea of, of embedding the content. One of the best things, and it wasn't in a school setting, it was in a community center, but it was elementary aged kids. I was directing a community center in St. Petersburg and we had, had uh, K through middle school aged kids. And we did a lot of service type projects and one of them was to perform at nursing homes because there were so many in our area. And that was just something that we came up with as again, as a group, we brainstormed and decided on that. And the best thing about it is even though it was the summer and even though no one had to do anything academic in summer, we researched and decided to do a musical review from every decade 
you know. So my my kids in their summer camp were willing to read and to talk about what was happening in the 1920s and to put together dance and song routines from those periods based on the research they were doing. So I think that um, finding creative ways to tie in your content and to have it product and giving centered um, is a great way to accomplish both goals. And, and I'm going to just kind of in my last thought would be aligned to one of your the specific questions that our listener asked. And that was, you know, building that empathy. And remember, empathy is, you know, having sympathy or emotion that you that you are putting yourself where the other person is. Uh, you and I both love like mood ring apps and that affdexme app of looking at somebody's emotion, but often asking students in groups to, you know, how does the other group feel when they win versus loses or social stories? I think we often forget that right now it's just as important that we teach content as it is social emotional skills. And to me, that's another great activity to do in groups. I have a small group activity about let's role play and show how our group's feeling in this emotional time, vice versa, and then have empathy for the other group's feeling and having those discussions. So again, I think it's about content and we respect that this question, you know, is probably embedded in content, but I think empathy is much bigger than just math, science, social studies, and language arts. Agreed. And, and we have to model and think aloud a lot of those types of feelings because not every child's coming to your classroom understanding. Well, thank you for the question and thanks for joining us at Practical Access. If you'd like to send us a message on Facebook or on our Twitter at Access Practical, we look forward to your questions and your comments.